some kind of well, just you know, think. junk that doesn't work. Before I, I met you, the night I met you, what were you doing at home when Je- when Jeff called you? Watching TV? Probably watching TV, eating uh, peanut butter and, and crackers. graham crackers or something. <laughs> yeah. you Were you sitting there thinking, tonight's the night that I will soon start to have six children. (laughs) I don't think I was thinking that. It was the the late 80s, right? No, it was 90s. 90s. Early 90s. 1990. Okay, so late. It was October. It was Halloween, 1990. close enough. So Halloween, you know. How old were y'all, whenever y'all met? Oh, we don't know. Old. Like I was 20, mid-20s. 20, what, 7? We have to do math. Yeah. I was 26. So I was like 27. I had so, a birthday. So y'all were basically right at the, like, like you Well, nowadays, were, that's considered young. Yeah, and that's really... Well, back it, then, that was old. That was considered old. We were like spinsters. Yeah, know? we were you like, know? oh, we're never going to get married. Because most people back then got married around 18 to 22. Yeah, I wish that was still the case. It can Kids be. It, it, there's no law says it can't be. No, you don't have to be You like just got to find the right girl. It's government brainwashing. Uh, it's, we know you're not buying into that. So, uh, yeah, so Dad dad was sitting at home watching TV, and Jeff, Jeff Sankey calls him, and here we are. I'll do his voice. There's six. Hey, man, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on over to the Halloween party. We got a bonfire going. <laughs> Bunch of these biker guys are coming over here. That's probably about what he said, something like that. <laughs> well, that was the, I think that was the second or third party that I had been to that night. Wasn't it? Yeah, I think y'all guys were going. We had gone. I I know we had gone to at least one before that, maybe two. Yeah, y'all were like party hopping or something. Yeah. So you were looking for trouble. Well, no, Um, she was just following Steve around. uh, I was with the group. We were with the. It was a group of us. We were going to different parties. Yeah. So. And so we went to Sankey's house, and he had that bonfire, and we're all outside around the bonfire and stuff. Yep. Yeah, then here comes uh, Dad. But see, you don't you don't even remember me from that night because yeah, very vaguely you were somewhat inebriated. Well, it was a party. Yeah, and you were dressed I was like not driving, and you were dressed like a clown. You I had was total wearing a clown. You had costume the total clown makeup. It was on. Halloween. I couldn't even see what you looked like. You know, Jeff had told me so about you. Were like you. really desperate. Well, see, Jeff, <laughs> see, here's the deal. Jeff had told me about her and said, "You need to come over here and meet this girl, man." You know. So okay, all right, I'll come over there. So I'm I'm over there and I'm like watching and here's all these biker scumbags. They're Harleys everywhere and they're all staggering around and whatnot. Well, I am now, <laughs> but I wasn't then. Well, I was you, kind of a. Mean you weren't then. You I, probably had a Harley ever since. Well, I, I had a Harley since, since I was nineteen. But he wasn't but, part of our group, though. But I was, I was, I had my own group. Me and Rooster and Nick and well, Todd. So you were. We a, were our own. We were our own little group. So this is a whole new group of people I was meeting. But um, you know, yeah, so. They're there, and I, I didn't even really like meet her. I think I well, no, I think he introduced us to each other. But it was like, yeah, yeah, hi, okay, yeah, nice to meet you, blah blah blah. And of course, me being the the shy guy that I was, um, I was hanging around by the motorcycles, talking motorcycles to these guys, you know. And then I heard there, oh, well, we're we're leaving. We're going to another party or something. So I was like, what? And then, and then, you know, so here they are all leaving. They're leaving. They're leaving. And then here comes Paula in her clown costume <laughs> with the makeup, the whole deal, the big crazy wig. And she comes by and she says something like, you know, 
nice to meet you. And I said, well, it's nice to meet you, whatever. And then as she's walking by, I took my cane and I reached out and I poked her on her butt with my cane and she turned around and gave me a big smile, you know, and and then why she went you, on. Why do you have a cane? Because my leg was, was still, oh, yeah, he, still he was horribly like barely, jacked up. Yeah. He was barely, you know, just back barely on getting back to walking. Yeah. He was barely back so, to riding. Yeah. So you're like, let me marry this cripple guy. Yeah. So, so you know, off she went. Off she went. I didn't think nothing of it. You know, I I went about, went on home, whatever. You know. I some. And then, and then, I I asked Jeff, hey, uh, man, can you get me that girl's phone number? Right? And he, he wouldn't give it to me. He said, well, yeah. I don't got it. You got to talk to her brother yourself. Steve. I'll give you Steve's number. I got his number, but I ain't got her number. So I had to call Steve. So I was living with Mamaw. So you had to go the hard way around. I had to call yeah, Steve. Yeah, you know there was no social media, yeah, no dating yeah, apps, yeah. none of that. Right. Kind of See, so, so here, to to here, her old crusty-looking biker brother, right? Call Uncle Steve. I had to call yeah. Steve to get the number of his little sister. Yeah. Right. Good luck with that. So it took me about two weeks to get up the nerve <laughs> <laughs> to call. <laughs> So so finally I call and uh set up a date with her and um hey, we were going to go to um Come on. I was going to take her out to Princess Hamburgers on South Main in Houston, Texas which it was going to be the last night that the Princess Hamburgers was open and that place had been open since I think the 40s okay It was like a it was a Houston a, landmark. A little, little tiny, like, drive-in. Drive burger drive-in place, on, place on Main like, Street in just Houston. Think, think, like, remember, you know that place in Columbus, you know, that has, like, a little hamburger place? The Dairy Cone? And you, the Dairy Cone, and you can just, like, drive up and and order, and they'll bring it out to you. I don't think you. he's been there. This place had car well, hops. It was very small, it was old-fashioned like, burger place. It was like a Sonic but it was a Sonic from the freaking 40s. Yeah, it was okay? very old. But Prince's, yeah. So they were going to have the last in night... downtown <clears throat> Houston. They were going to have... It was going to be a big hoo-ha there the last night that it was open. So all the car clubs the, like, and hot rods... Cars and stuff. Hot rods and motorcycles Bikes. and crap were all going to be down there partying and, and eating and... Which I knew nothing about any of that. All yeah. I knew was, oh my God, I'm going on a date. Yeah, I'm, yeah. So <laughs> I, I was very nervous. I go to pick her up and uh, I went and picked her up in my limousine, okay? I had a 77 Cadillac limousine at the time because of my leg. Okay, okay. Did she ride in the front? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I yeah. drove. She rode in the front. Yeah, we, I drove. We didn't have a driver. <laughs> well, yeah. It was his car. Get Jeff to drive. But see, my buddy, my buddy no, Todd had driving. been driving me around in it, and then I had I'd been driving it to therapy and stuff with my left leg and my right leg laying okay. over in the passenger seat. After Either you finish way. the story, you're gonna have to go back and explain. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. happened to your leg? Okay. Anyways, so anyways, I go pick her up in the limousine at her mom's house. In and, and we go back, we go, we go back from there, we go back to my house in the Mexican barrio and we get my 58 Chevy and my hot rod car. So we go get the Chevy, we go get the Chevy and we go down to, we go down to Prince's, you know, and once we get to Prince's, there's all these old cars and music's playing and all this good stuff. I see a few. I see a few of my friends, few of my buddies that I knew, car guys and guys I raced with and stuff in the day, and uh, you know, introduced Paula to them and whatnot. We had a hamburger. We had we had cokes. We walked around. We looked at cars and stuff. We had a good time. I thought. And uh, then it was time to take her home. So I take her home in the Chevy. Right. We go to her house in the '58. We were in the 58? Yeah, we were in the 58, and okay. we come we come to her house. Which is was a suburban 
neighborhood. You know, uh, Rowan, Rowan there over there. And like where Maymaw's old A-Leaf house used to be. You, A-Leaf, you remember that Texas, house. A-Leaf, yeah. Which was like, you know, <clears throat> and far from princes. You know, I'm I'm a gentleman, so in my mind, I was wanting to walk her to the door, and then I was hoping to get a kiss. And lo and behold, before I could even stop the car, she had the door open, and she jumped out, and she said, Bye. And she ran to the front door. I would have committed suicide right there and there. She ran. She ran. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what the heck? So she goes and, and, and she's gone. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, that's the end of that. Well, that you know. one down. Yeah, I was thinking, well, there goes. I've done something. I must have said something or she didn't like me or something. So... You know, I went on home. You know, I, I went on home. And, um... Probably bummed out as all. Yeah, oh yeah, I was I was pretty bummed out. Because she had been telling me that she was going to her sister's, Cindy's house, the next day. And they were going to be doing this. And so, you know, because I had asked her on the date, hey, can I see you tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. But she was like, oh no, I'm going to Cindy's. We're going up to blah, 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 Conroe, whatever. Little did you know. So, anyways, going to be a, a so, theme. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm I'm going to drive on home. I'm thinking, well, oh well, oh well, you know, maybe next time, you know. And um, the next day, uh, the next day, I'm I'm hanging around at my house with my buddy Todd, and and I think we were out in the garage messing with a Triumph chopper or something out there. And I get this phone call, and and it's her, and she says, "Now you for, you left out the part that we had talked on the phone, right before we even went out. We oh well yeah we sure. talked on the phone yeah. a lot, and we we were getting along really well. I we, thought yeah. I thought until you jumped out of the car and ran to your mom. I know, but house. I mean before that we were like <laughs> we." You know, we kind of hit it off really well on the phone. I thought, yeah. 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 Okay, so then I showed up at your house. Well, well, well I so, called you. So you called me and you told me, well, I'm not going to Cindy's. And, uh, you <laughs> I know. I chose you over my sister. Yeah, can I, 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 I was thinking about coming <laughs> over there. And I was, I was pretty shocked. So, of course, I was, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so... You know, after a while, I get this knock on the door, and here she is in here this she is. in this uh, pink. Uh, it's like a pinkish. Uh, I want to call it like a jumpsuit or something. No, it was two pieces. It was pants and top, but they were the same material. What do you call that? A romper or what do you, what do you call it? I don't know. It was an outfit. An outfit. Anyways. Early nineties. Any, yeah. I love that outfit. I would wear it now if I had it. I know. Anyway, she she showed up at the door so and she and she's got a twelve pack of beer under her arm, and I'm I and, know how to please a man. And, and I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself, oh score, you know. <laughs> so she likes me. She likes me. So she yeah. So we hung out and uh and uh. I guess Todd was there and whatever. I mean, Matt, I'm sure my brother Matt, because I lived with my brother at the time. So, you know, we're all there, you know, hanging around and whatnot. And I forget, I forget what the next... Did Jeff come over that day? I don't recall. I, I don't recall. It's all a blur after that. Blur. <laughs> I don't know. Here we are. Here we are. 20, 30, 30 years, years later. 30 years 30 later. Years later. 30 well, years later. Okay. Jump ahead a little bit. So that was October. Yeah. Or actually in November. Well, in May, we got married. So, wow. mm-hmm. Well, yes. we had dated. From October, we met on Halloween and we got married in May 18th. So it was like six months. Mm-hmm. Yep. And here we are. Well, still it, together. Well, God put us together. We knew it. Was, well, well, 
truth, <laughs> truth be told. Well, remember when I asked you, are you going to marry me? Are you going to ask me to marry, marry me or not? There was, truth be told, there was this um, pregnancy <laughs> test. And uh, it turned out that um, it was positive. And but that was later. We had already made our wedding. Well, we had already plans. figured we were good a match, but yes. But you know, I was still scared to death, and 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 I didn't know what I was doing. And you we were know. already getting married. Let's get that straight for the record. <laughs> <laughs> we have children listening to this. Well, in any event, yeah. It's so true. it's true. So we, we decided to get married, and I can remember before I, we took that. I can remember test. being grilled at your mom's house oh, by your man. sister Cindy. Oh man! I can remember Cindy oh, like, like oh, I don't, I don't think gosh. he, I don't think he wants to marry you. I don't oh, think he's ready. Man, that she was horrible. It was horrible, Jimmy. It was horrible. Horrible. It has never stopped. <laughs> yeah, Cindy has no, never it stopped. It has, Cindy. <laughs> Cindy loves you. I think you have proven yourself. It's. I think you have proven yourself that you're going to stick around. <laughs> if there was any doubt, we all know. Yeah, you'd think after 30 years, give me a break. Come on. Yes, we. I think we know yeah. that oh you're not going to dump me and leave me on yeah. welfare. Even, even just joking. Okay. <laughs> you want to edit this but, out, but, but even just <laughs> Just talking to Cindy's hard enough. I, I know, I know. Much less for her to be like, you know, giving you the ugly face. Oh, when I don't think he's hey, ready. Y'all don't understand. Been, that would have been. My horrible. sister was like a second mother. Yeah, I know. I bet that. Ugh. So yeah, she was very protective of me. She still is. I bet. She's very protective and of like, me. Like I said, she, even just she would, she would kill for me. Well, even just trying to. I hold mean, a she loves me. Let alone being grilled <laughs> to the bone. She was making sure things were okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. But oh, remember, my, my dad, my dad was like, "Hallelujah!" Well, and and oh, and that was another stressful. Somebody's thing. Somebody's gonna take her off my hands. That was another stressful thing, though. Me being the old school kind of guy, that how I was raised. I had to ask her dad for her hand in marriage. Mm-hmm. I asked her dad. You know, I'd like to marry your daughter. And, of course, he, yeah, he might have been secretly jumping for joy, but he was playing he, he it cool, was you know. doing that later. Yeah, yeah, he was he was playing it cool and whatnot. So, and, of course, he gave me his blessing, you know, so it was all good. Which, because, um, you know, the seven years previous to this, he probably thought I wasn't getting married. So Yeah, yeah so anyways, He was very yeah. happy that I was getting married. Well, and... I had figured I was never going to get married after that accident. You know, I was pretty jacked up and looked like freaking Frankenstein and stuff. Okay, so. for the record, let's give the audience a an explanation of what happened to your leg and why you were on, walking with a cane. Okay. And you uh, needed a, a limousine. 19, 1989, in August of 1989, I was uh, leaving work on my Harley, on a, uh, a two-lane road called Eldridge in Houston, uh, in Sugarland, I should say, Sugarland. And it was back when Eldridge was a two-lane blacktop. With ditches on both sides. With, with deep bar ditches on both sides. And I had just left work, and I was going home, and I don't remember anything other than... I'd had one beer after work and BSing and then left and went and went to go home. <clears throat> on your Harley. On my bike. I don't remember anything after that. The witnesses say there was a pizza parlor where a bunch of kids were hanging out, so there was plenty of witnesses. Uh they said I'd I'd come around the corner and I was I was, you know, you know, going through the gears, getting, you know, the speed limit was 35 on that road, so it wasn't real fast. Anyways, there was this old uh, woman, 73 years old, ex, um, ex-constable in her old Mercedes, and she was coming toward me, but she had decided that she was going to turn into a strip center. Well, 
what she did was she just, she had a truck kind of riding her tail, I guess. So she got over into my lane and rode in my lane to get to where she could turn into the strip center to let the truck pass her. Well, she what obviously... You your lane? I thought it was one. It was a single lane. It was a two lane. Yeah, two she's lanes. in my lane coming at me. She did oh, not. Oh, she, she was. She did not lane, see me. She yeah. was in the wrong lane. She was in the wrong lane coming straight at me, and the truck was starting to pass her. Now, according to the witnesses, I was downshifting and I was shooting for the middle. I was going to go between them, okay, down the middle. Well, she saw me, and she panicked and hit her brakes. Her car slid sideways, and the rear, right rear quarter panel and bumper of her car basically ripped my right leg off, uh, except for the, the artery and some skin. Um, when she hit me, and it hit, hit, caught my leg and everything, it threw me, of course... The other way, well, the truck was right there, so my head got slammed into the side of the truck and fractured my skull. Um, they said I was screaming and yelling and fighting the paramedics and all this kind of stuff. Anyways, they flew me on life flight. That's amazing that you weren't unconscious. Yeah, flew me to on life flight to Herman Hospital where uh, Dr. Red Duke and a bunch of other guys worked on me. And from what they told my parents, they had done 50, 53 procedures or something on me. And uh, they had to save my life first before they could fix the leg. I'd lost a lot of blood, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, <coughs> Do you know where you were bleeding from, your leg? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> mainly your leg. Yeah, the leg. I mean, I had road rash on some other parts, but mainly, yeah, the leg, I'm sure. Um, the um, So this this all happened in what year? 89? 89, 1989, August of 89. Um, the, um, uh, you know, they, they so they, they worked on me, they fixed me up, they... They stabilized you. They stabilized me. They Frankensteined <laughs> the leg back together, uh, or well, at least. When, when did they? When did they do the major, the major repairs on your leg? Like right away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right away. Um, now there's so, a there's a two there's a two week. How did they? There's a two week period there where I don't remember anything. Did, okay, did it's, you it's ever totally ask them? gone. Were you ever able to ask them, you know, like how they decided to save your leg? Instead well, it's of because off? it's because the the big artery had not been severed. Probably so they pro decided to go for it. Yeah, and rebuild it. Yeah, probably if the if the artery had been severed, they would have cut it off, you know, or I would have bled out one of the two. Um, but but that was intact, so they saved it. So. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Okay, so the only memory that I have of that time was um, everything was white. And I, it's like I was looking out a fuzzy hole in the whiteness. Okay. Uh, you know, it was just like everything was white. And it's just this fuzzy little hole that I can see through. And family members were were being paraded by in front of me. I remember seeing my Uncle Danny. I remember seeing Susan. Uh, I remember seeing, of course, my mom and dad and my brothers. <clears throat> and Did you hear anything? Sister. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could hear stuff. Uh, 
I remember, you know, and it was all kind of muffled. I think they had me pretty sedated, and this was after about two weeks, you know. Um, but either way, um, you know, came came around, came to, they, they explained to me what happened, you know, course i was didn't pretty... they do something to keep you in a coma or something i don't know like i okay. said for two weeks maybe they had me so drugged to keep me from moving around i don't know i don't know but didn't uh didn't you have a head injury huh you yeah had a head injury, right? <laughs> yeah i fractured my skull but i didn't i didn't have the swelling of the head or any of that and i think for a while they had me in a neck brace to keep my head from moving but then when i my the only memory I can remember, of, you know, when I was actually very conscious and knew what the heck was going on, they didn't have anything on my neck anymore. Uh, my my leg, of course, was, you know, hauled. you had a fixator. Well, it was all wrapped up. Yeah, I had rods and pins and junk sticking out of it. Uh, they were they were they were loading me up with all kinds of morphine and. Stuff like that. Um, and when they did your leg, they they took some bone, yeah, and some what had skin, happened, and muscle from other parts of your body, right? Right. What had happened was when the when the car bumper caught my right leg, the lower leg below the knee, about uh, about an inch or two inches below the the knee joint, it it took four inches of bone out, and it also took all the soft tissue and muscle with it. So what they did to rebuild it was they they uh, took uh, muscle uh, tissue from my left shoulder. They took uh, bone out of both hips and ground that up into a slurry and packed it in there. They um, took skin off of my left thigh and it's like a cheese grater i guess and they, they, were just they using, scraped that they were off just like chopping you up yeah so they they and and so they did all this and they packed it in there and they 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 stapled and sewed it up and whatnot put this external fixator on it and uh and yeah so that's what i woke up to you know uh um, well, you had you had literally like a year of recovery after that. It was a year and four months before I could uh, start therapy to walk again. To cause because it, those bones had to regrow. It took that long for the bones to grow and connect. Um, they ended up taking the fixator off. Was it the femur? Uh, no, no, a femur's the thigh bone. It was a tibia. Tibia, tibia. They um they ended up taking the fixator off because they started therapy right away and I was in a, a crap load of pain. Uh, they had this guy that looked like an army drill sergeant come to the house to do therapy and he was like, "Yeah, you got to bend that leg, bend that leg." Oh, and I'm oh, screaming man. and hollering. He was probably making minimum wage. And and what was happening was the fixator pins were actually twisting in the bone mm. uh, instead of the bone and instead of the kneecap bending mm. the 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 actual studs that they had screwed into the bone were turning in the bone oh my god so yeah that that wasn't any fun um so they so they took all that I'm crap. sure you you didn't say any bad words oh i don't know my <laughs> my mom learned all kinds of new bad words um your parents were saints, though. Yes, they, they were. Yes, they were. But either they way, they had you set up in a in a hospital bed, right? Uh, no, it was just, just a regular just, bed. Just a regular bed at home. They took because they were nursing you. I had to move. Yeah, I had to move back home with my parents because living with my brother there and he was working. There was nobody there to take care of me. I couldn't even wipe my ass at that time. So they took the fixator out. They took me. They they took me to a uh, the uh, orthopedics office, and with the fixator not on there anymore, they unwrapped my leg. They had the nurse grab my foot, and they had another guy hold me in the chair, and the nurse pulled out on my foot, stretched it out, 
while I screamed. Mm-hmm. And the doctor wrapped it as fast as he could in a cast. And so then it mm-hmm. sat in that cast for about a year or more. No until, more fixator. Until, no, yeah, no, until the bones, until they took x-ray and the bones had connected. And when the bones had connected, it was like maybe a quarter inch thick or something was all. And then they said, okay, now you got to start therapy and learn how to... Bear weight. Yeah, bear weight and walk again, you know. So, yeah, we did the did the walking and all that and therapy and i i have the no i have the utmost respect for physical therapists those people were freaking <clears throat> awesome they were they were really great <laughs> well i i want you to tell just you know briefly about uh the people that came to visit you in the hospital from the christian bikers association yeah that was uh wheels for jesus I I have not heard this before. Yeah, Wheels for Jesus had come, and they had one of their buddies had been in a wreck, and his leg was tore up basically just like mine at the same time. So when they were trying to save my life and his, obviously, at at Herman, um, they were in the waiting room with my parents, and they prayed with my parents in a big circle, and prayed for me as well as this fellow. His name was Jody, um, and the 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 head pastor guy uh, came to visit me in my room when I did you know come around and was conscious and whatnot. He did come to visit me and gave me his card, which I I carry in my wallet to this day. Uh, uh, I carry it in my wallet to this day. Is that the so, uh, CPS. yeah, they're trapped, dropping my damn package out in the roads. So, yeah, wheels for Jesus. And uh, I want to say the fellow's name was Alan Moorhead was the man's name, the pastor. I haven't looked at that card in a while. Um, but I do remember, I do remember on the card... It said Isaiah forty thirty one on the card, and I didn't had no idea at the time what any of that meant. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'd been brought up, you know, uh, 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 you know, by by God fearing parents, but I of course, you know, straight off, <laughs> but. Yeah, so I I looked at the card as I'm laying there in Isaiah forty thirty one, and I I had I guess my mom brought me a Bible, and I looked it up, and at the time they were trying to do physical therapy with me, and trying to get me up, <laughs> trying to get me up and get me walking, and this was before I had left the hospital the first time, you see. So I was in a world of pain. The physical therapists, like I said, were just absolute angels. Uh, I just can't say enough about these folks. But uh, uh, they were trying to get me up and get me walking and get me, you know, going between those parallel bars, trying to, trying to, you know, put. They they didn't know that it was that jacked up, so they were trying to get me to put weight on it, but that just wasn't happening. But uh, and I couldn't too soon. Too yeah, soon. I I couldn't stand up longer than you know a minute or two before I would get faint and and either gonna pass out or I needed to sit down. So you you were being extremely tough and enduring. Well, extreme trying. extreme. Pain, but they didn't know it. Yeah, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, wanted to go. But, I mean, home. they didn't know what was going on in your leg. So, when I looked up in the Bible, Isaiah forty thirty one, and it and it said, you know, those that wait on the Lord shall rise up, rise up, and take wings, like take eagles. wings like eagles, and. You know, so uh, walk and not be walk. Yeah, right. Walk and not be faint, and and run and not be tired. Man, that just that just that just 
stuck me as like, you know, wow, you know. Uh, I always considered this whole episode was like a, a spiritual two by four, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, and, and now, now, I, to be honest, I didn't immediately turn. You know, you didn't you didn't get it immediately. You didn't, didn't get the full meaning. Yeah, I didn't get it immediately. Now, it, you knew you knew it was pretty awesome. Yeah, but and I did I did try you didn't to like read, suddenly become I, Billy Graham. Right, right. No, and I did try to read the Bible as because I had a lot of time on my hand laying around. Right, I did try to read the Bible, but I couldn't. You know, I found it a little confusing. I found it hard to read. I, I didn't understand it. There was nobody to. You know, tell me. You know, you know. It's not like not like a Bible study where they. Yeah, you needed you needed like the Apostle Paul or somebody yeah. to help you understand. Well, that. I had this I had this little old girlfriend, or you know, she was a friend. She wasn't my girlfriend at the time, but she was a friend. And of course, she had turned to become a Mormon, and she came to visit me a lot and everything and she she was a sweet girl uh, but she did bring some of these you know the guys that ride the bicycles and what she brought those couple of them guys over there See, to, that was a devil to <laughs> the devil <laughs> trying to lead you astray well brought them over there to pray over me which they did and all that but i i just can't say as i i felt God protected you from that. I, I guess so. You know, it, it just it wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't. And I, and I did go to her church one time with her after that, you know, when when I did get moving around a little bit. I did go to her church, but I don't know. It, it just, it never felt right. It just. Well, your mom. Your I know. Your mom told you, yeah. right? Didn't she? Well, you know what my mom. She was like, no. John. Yeah, and you know John. what she you know what she told me about that little girl? She told me she can't even hold an intelligent conversation. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was so honest. <laughs> oh, but she loved me. She loved me though. Well, I know she did. I know she did. <laughs> what the heck? A walking so, jumping ahead a little bit, we we met we met when you had just started, uh, kind of getting back on your feet. Getting you were back working to work. part time, right? Yeah. You you had had gotten a little insurance settlement from the accident. You had bought four motorcycles because <laughs> <laughs> you know. You almost had your leg ripped off in a motorcycle accident, so obviously the logical thing to do is to buy four motorcycles. Well, well, wait a minute. Let's get this straight right now. Okay. It wasn't the motorcycle that was (laughs) at fault. That at fault. It was the it was was the the old lady woman that shouldn't even have been on the road. That almost killed me that it was the motorcycle was not at fault you're right you're right because just like guns do not kill people motorcycles do not kill people that's true and i mean or rip off your leg yeah i mean you know drivers that do that distracted drivers or drunk drivers or people or, who don't know how to react or, or people that people are just decide to get in the wrong lane or maybe people that are just senile you know here's a here's a shitter of the deal too when at the accident scene okay my brother-in-law who was a paramedic for bel-air at the time he lived right around the corner well uh my buddy jeff sankey had had driven by and seen the accident and called the house. What was he doing way over there? He Well, he was living around over there. Was. It wasn't far from where he lived. Where was he living? He lived off of South Main in the Mexican barrio. Oh, It yeah. was not far from Sugar Land. Oh, yeah. So, so he had called my house, my parents' house. They called my sister Alice, who told her husband Tom... To get over there, which he did, and and thank goodness for Tom, 
Tom took a lot of uh, information from the witnesses and whatnot, but also the cop. Here's the deal. The cop, the Sugarland cop, which are not good for anything but writing well, tickets. Cops, cops like firemen. Well, but here's the deal. The and cop... Tom what, was what, a fireman. Yeah, but the cop knew this woman, okay? Because uh, she, she had been an ex, sheriff, right? ex-constable. Constable. He knew her. And so he gave her no ticket at all. Zero. Nothing. She's in my lane coming head on at me and gets no ticket. So that pissed me off. And that he put that I was unemployed on the accident report. I was which unemployed. Was not true. Which was not true. I had a pocket full of freaking business cards of where I was working. But I was unemployed and that I was failure to control speed and I had dark sunglasses on. Well, the dark sunglasses were fucking prescription glasses, you know. Uh, I don't know. That that whole deal that whole deal really pissed me off for a lot of years and this officer, I think his name was Morales. I mean, I'd have loved to just kick that guy's ass and and spit on her grave, to be honest with you. But she died. My parents told me, oh, that lady died. She finally died, whatever, you know, before I had recouped, I guess, or somewhere along in there, you know. But, you know, I had to try to let all that shit go. And it still kind of gets me if I think about it too much, so I don't try to sit around and dwell on it. You know, because uh, it was a definite injustice. She should have at least got a ticket for crying out loud. Lord knows if I had done that stuff, I'd have got a whole stack of tickets, you know. So, it you know, it cheesed me off that the Sugarland Police Department was so lame and, you know, crony, but, but Mar- cronies, but, but you know. But Tom, Tom came along basically and told them not to send you to Ben Tob. Yeah, that's true. They were going to send you had <laughs> you had insurance. Yeah, they were going to send me to Ben Tob and he told them absolutely not take him to Herman. So yeah, Tom Tom probably saved my life. He saved your uh, leg uh, for uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you you'd have a prosthetic right now if it wasn't for Tom. Yeah. Well, like saying, and maybe wouldn't even have made it. Yeah, you might even be dead. Yeah. So although Ben Tob is a I, trauma I, center, I, I know, I know, but they weren't the trauma center that Herman was, and they didn't have freaking Doctor Red Duke. Right. You know. Um, Which let's just throw in a little story here. My mom, my mom had a baby that. Uh, that was born with birth defects. That's what they called them back then in the 60s. And her baby had been seen by Dr. Red Duke. Really? <laughs> yes. Well, I did so get to meet him. So that was another little connection between me and you. Yeah. I, I did. Get, he did come to my room and, and I got to meet him and he signed a, he signed a life flight hat for me. Which was cool. He he was a real blessing from he, God. He was just an old country boy, you know. He but was, just he was a really old, amazing guy. Old A and M country boy doctor, mm-hmm. and uh, but he knew his stuff. Uh, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of cool. Um, but well, you know, you know, did so so God had His hand on me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, it was it was not my time. God had bigger plans in store for me, even though at the time I did not know what they were, because I was. You probably too, thought your life was pretty much over. I was too busy having a pity party and being mad at the world and bitter and and wanting revenge on everybody and everything. You know, yeah. So and and thought well, yeah, I'll never be able to get married now. Who, who would want me with this horribly disfigured leg and scars all over my body and 
all that, you know. So, yeah, God had a plan. <laughs> I just didn't know it. Which, you know, you know, I'm not like somebody who's, like, looking for somebody with scars. But, you know, when Jeff, when Jeff introduced us and you told me about your scars and showed me your scars and stuff, I was like, I was not phased at all. <laughs> That's <I> was, good. <laughs> I wasn't. That's good. <laughs> I was not phased. You know, you told me that the scar on your back was a shark bite, which, you know, it was a joke. But well, yeah, know, it there's looked a, like a joke. I mean, it looked like a, a shark bite. There's a big scar down. you on your, sh- you know, like your ribs shoulder. area. Yeah, there's a big scar down my back where they took the muscle out of my shoulder and I had 75 staples down there. Yeah, I and, mean, uh, if anything... If so anything, it's pretty... If it's anything, a big, I wide, it was fat kinda, scar. I kind of thought it was kind of cool. I yeah. Mean, I, <laughs> I never, you know, I was never like, oh, I'm going to find me a, a guy with scars. Bunch but, of scars, yeah. But, you know, the fact that you had come through that did make me think that you were a very strong person and... You know, you had you had gone through a lot, and you were not like you weren't giving up. You got four more motorcycles, and you were out there riding again. And you know, yeah, I mean, at that point, you were like wearing a, a special stocking on your leg, you know, for like compression stocking. Right. Yeah. And you were only working part time. Had a cane. We're going around you were with, a cane. with the cane and yeah. stuff. But your your um, attitude and stuff was such that you were. You know, you were, you were not giving up. You were stubborn and just like you are now. <laughs> you were like, I'm doing my thing here. <laughs> and, you know, you, you believed in your, your beliefs. And, you know, we just, I don't know. It was a God thing. We were, yeah. meant, we were meant to be together. And, you know, I mean, some people might think, oh, whatever but i god obviously brought us together because it was just too unlikely to yeah. be anything else well i mean you had had your trials and tribulations as well and you were you were not had any kind of boyfriend for a couple of years and whatnot and you'd probably thought your your chances were dwindling as well yeah you know and then, and then here we were, you know, at this crazy party and meet each other and whatnot. And I mean, uh, I can't remember if I like said a prayer or anything <laughs> like that. I really can't remember because that was like so long ago. <laughs> but I know that God had a hand in it. God was, God has always been with me in my life, and and I have no doubt about that at all and just you know him bringing you into my life was definitely it was definitely from God yeah for sure I mean and and he's brought us 30 years down the road six kids six kids later a house fire uh, a, a handicapped child you know and we're still here Nine eleven. Yeah, we we still got a roof over our head. COVID. We still got food on the table. Um, Freaking COVID. We're not we're not rich. We're still scratching every week, but but we're still well, here. We're really not though. We're we're doing okay. I mean, you know, we're blessed. I, I want a new truck. We're we are. <laughs> you know, I mean, we are rich. Maybe maybe uh, old Biden over there distributed those bucks so we could buy another three seventy nine. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're rich poor people. Yeah, we're, uh, we're working poor. <laughs> yeah, we're the working, working poor. Rich. We're the working rich poor. We are blessed. God is God has provided for us for we're, us uh, left and right. It, yes, that I have to I have to agree. Oh, no, really, I mean. God has God has provided for us for thirty years in so many different ways that uh, if anybody was to tell me, oh, 
God's not real and God doesn't work in people's lives, I, I, I just have to disagree because I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it and end when when they say God works in mysterious ways. Yes, I would have to agree. I would have never envisioned uh, this accident, the the meeting of you, and and uh, and how our life has has gone. Obviously, when I was a young guy, I did not think that's how it was gonna go. No. <laughs> No, yeah. I mean all the years. All I wanted to do is have, have a husband and babies. Mainly, I wanted babies. I always wanted. You didn't babies. want a husband. I wanted. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I want. I knew I needed a husband, but I wanted children. And you know, no, I never would have imagined the way that it would have gone. Down. Right. So, so <laughs> when they say, you know, God has a plan. Don't try to figure out what God's plan is because it may not be anything of what you think it ought to be. Uh, right. right? Right? I mean. And, I, you know, wouldn't you say that the older, just as time has gone by, the more we have just, like, surrendered to, you know, God's got this. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes. The 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 more as time goes by, it's it is it's it's certainly built more trust and in just saying uh God may your will be done because you know cuz we don't know what the heck we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm doing and and I I don't want to even try. I don't even want to try because I'll mess it up. You okay? Right. So God, whatever you want done, just do it. And if I'm a part of it, great. Yeah. You we, know? We we trust you. We trust For you. sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you've enjoyed this little, little like, uh, personal, like, I don't know. Thanks for listening, and uh, God bless you, and I just hope that anyone who's listening, if you're going through a hard time, that you will see that God can bring good out of it, and, you know, just just turn your, turn your life over to Him, and, and just wait and see, okay, what is God going to do, and just trust Him, and just Surrender your life to him because he loves you. Thanks for listening. Bye now.